attorney gets expensive and all that stuff costs money. And anything I can do to help these kids, the kids that got forgotten or don't have the opportunity, I think that's that's important. And I don't feel, I don't mind giving any of my money for that. You're listening to the Teak Nation Podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Thank you for joining us. Welcome in to this edition of the Teak Nation Podcast. We have a great guest with us this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening. Uh, And that is someone who has been a veteran of a number of our conclaves, someone you've probably seen someone who, who operates a, the Spirits on Bourbon on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Broder Brad Bohannon, thank you for joining the Teak Nation podcast. Where are you at, Donnie? How are you doing? Doing great. How are things down there in New Orleans? It's as good as can be expected right now. We're working through the uh, issues just like everyone else is, uh, uh, trying to adjust to all the changing rules. And uh, the uh, every day you wake up and you don't know if you broke the rule or not. So it's kind of been a, a, a crazy time for us. Understood. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit about the current time, but I would like to start in talking about your Teak experience. You've been somebody who's been at RLC, has been at Conclaves again, someone who's been so gracious with their time and their dedication to the fraternity. And but I don't believe that many people know your story, your experience as a collegiate member. What has inspired you to be engaged at the level that you have? Can you talk a little bit about your your early Teakdom uh, and and your the experience that you had throughout your collegiate time? Well, uh, when I was a student, I graduated high school and uh, I never was a student. I had dyslexia really bad. I can still hardly, I probably read, read and write at a third or fourth grade level at this point. And I got into school and my dream always is, was to go to University of Missouri. And then, uh, so I applied to University of Missouri and uh, I got the letter and said I wasn't going to University of Missouri. So they decided I wasn't. So I ended up going to uh, University of Central Missouri where they, they let me in. And so I knew I had the cards were stacked against me. So I needed to have every ability and every advantage. I need to take, take advantage of everything I could to make it because I knew I would have to struggle through it. And so I met a young girl, an older girl that was a senior in college, my, my junior and senior year of high school. And she was a friend of the Teaks. So when I went there, I didn't know anybody. So she brought me over there to meet all the guys. She thought I'd be a good fit over there. What and what was that experience like? How welcoming were the guys, especially as you said, uh, coming into college feeling like you had the cards stacked against you, as you said? What was that experience like in terms of if they were welcoming, the family aspect? You know, a lot of things that we pride ourselves on as Teeks. Was that experience still there for your group at Central Missouri? Yes. The good thing about that thing was I went there and it was a very eclectic group. And I kind of liked that. Uh, I mean, they they had some hillbilly kinds and some city kids. And I really liked it. And the best part about it is they taught me how to study and they made me like, you know, when you got ADHD, the hard time is making yourself sit down. And I enjoyed the study plans where like, I never studied in my life like that. Like where you had these two hours for three times a week, you had to study and you didn't realize how much you could get done. And they taught me, I learned a lot of stuff about how to, how to manipulate the teachers. And he goes, if you're having a hard time, he goes, sit up front, sit in front of the class, get in their face. Make them tell you no. If, if you don't think you're going to pass that class, it's hard for them to flunk you if you're there every day and you're giving all your effort. And they will work with you. And so I had some uh, some attorney brothers that, that taught me that. And he's like, start going to their academic hours afterwards. He goes, they're going to hate you, but you're going to get through it because they're going to have to work with you and uh, make it work. 
So that was some things that I learned. And probably if it wasn't for that, I probably never would have graduated college. Well, I love that story. What what are pieces in there in that story and some of those lessons learned that have helped you in business? And for folks who haven't researched you, someone who has built a business, and obviously you have a business partner, but you have really built not just Spirits on Bourbon, also you have Turtle Bay. You know, you're involved in a number of ventures in the music industry as well. Someone who's just always looking for for something new to put their hands on and something to improve and make the world a better place. How did how did some of those lessons in the fraternity help to inspire you or prepare you for the, the success that you've had in, in industry? I never, I wasn't raised in a very uh, a rich family. We were very, probably low middle, middle class. So we didn't have a lot of money. So the one thing I learned about the fraternity is I learned how business on their money. And I learned how, I made some mistakes, um, you know, doing fundraisers, doing social events, buying t-shirts. I learned on, I learned those mistakes, right? When I was in real business, it didn't cost me. And it, it saved me so much money by not having to make those mistakes over with my own money. And that would be a lot bigger at that point. And I, I'm grateful for that because they brought me, they put me in a, a spot that I wouldn't be able to do. Because when I moved to New Orleans, I moved here with $500 and was living in a weekly hotel. And so I couldn't afford to make too many mistakes. And because of that, I didn't have to make them. That's great. Um, when it comes to the experience in being an alumnus member, you're someone who's continued to be engaged, uh, someone who has not just invested financial resources, but you've also invested your time and leverage relationships to bring new people into the fraternity. We talk about all the time, we're always recruiting. And, and especially when it comes to the honorary membership program, I think there's a lot of uh, uneducated people about the program, how beneficial it can be, the types of relationships that people can bring in in terms of volunteers, uh, people who support the chapter, but also just relationships that you might have and being to bring in some folks who you hang out in different friend circles into the organization that are tied into the values and the way that we operate as an organization. Can you talk about, especially I know for Chef Brian Duffy, who's celebrity chef, uh, William Michael Morgan, who recently held in, in May, the, the Opportunity Fund concert you've brought in and really been a champion to look for other folks that we can leverage into the organization that they're going to have a great experience, right? That's what it's about, making sure they have a great experience, but also people who can who can give as you have and, and enjoy this spirit of brotherhood and, that the fraternity gives us. My key is I wanted to bring anybody in that the kids would be excited to see and they're fun to be out with and the kids and they wanted to be with the kids. And the, everyone I brought, I brought EJ Snyder in, Brian Duffy, uh, William Michael Morgan, and every one of them, they still call and thank me. It, 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 even now, they even when they send me like text, yours in the bond, which is kind of cute. I was like, but and they they really enjoyed it and got a lot more out of it than I think they ever thought they would because they've been a lot more involved than I probably thought they were even going to be. And I'm I'm proud of that, and I'm proud to be able to bring that into them. And maybe there might be some kid that wants to be a country song that William Michael Morgan can help. Uh, there might be a, a chef that that wants to come in and Brian Duffy, you're able to access these guys. He, his brother uh, used to was the president of Spike Network, you know, so they, they have these connections and you can take it to a different level. A lot of it is, it, I've found out in success is proximity. It's like, if you want to be all that cliche stuff to be with the five next people next to you, that's the success what you're going to be. It's true. It's crazy as that sounds. And if you can be next to someone that does it, take advantage of it. And, I, and as a college kid, you got your the age with you and the, the time is at your advantage. You have you can do it for free and get that experience 
and it is it's it's more it's more valuable than the university. Some of that stuff being being able to put yourself next to those guys. Well, and I think another advantage that the current collegiate has is, is with social media, their ability to connect. Right, they can reach out to you. They can reach out to Brian Duffy. They they can reach out to some of those folks. And I know there's there can be an intimidation factor there, but can you speak to uh, folks who are willing to take that leap and even just connect and say hi, or just connect and say proud that you're a Teak as well? What that means to you, but also it ways that you've connected with Teaks over the years through social media, through folks who are just happen to be in New Orleans. I know that happens all the time. Folks are saying, I'm going to New Orleans. Do you know anyone or know yeah. it, right? And yeah. we, we, we push them your way. Can you tell any stories or any anecdotes from some of those experiences just to continue to encourage people to make that outreach? I think that the thing with the, uh, the social media thing, if you really want to connect with somebody there, just you, you got to be a car salesman a little bit. You've got to be able to take rejection. I think it's the perfect job for every 18-year-old kid is to go there and get rejected 100 times to sell that one car because at the end of the day, only the only one they talk about is the car you sold. The other 99, they didn't care about. And I think that's important to learn to take rejection. Like if you send out 100 text messages and Steve Ford is the one that, that responds back, that's pretty cool. You know, that's pretty good. He's probably got some knowledge that could probably help you. And, it, and it's worth the, the cry. I remember when email first came out, uh, I emailed uh, Nancy Reagan for Ronald Reagan stuff for the uh, a charity auction for the 2000, and she sent it to me. She responded to it, and I thought that was kind of, you know, I just took that shot, and, and it worked out. Um, I get people, I mean, daily that come in that are cheeks they kind of see, and they want to talk about business and uh, 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 monies and finances, because some of them know that I do a little bit of that, and uh, they talk stocks, and I'm always willing to help it, and I, I like it when my kids, I just had from... Uh, University of Central Missouri, some of the pledges all called me individually and we talked about um, what it was for them, what what they can do to put themselves in a better position to succeed and take advantage of everything. And one last experience I want to talk about in business before we, we shift a little bit, and that is around uh, you being a part of Bar Rescue. I think that's one of the, the most well-known pieces in terms of folks that a show that people have seen, seen you on. Uh, and, and obviously the work that, that John Taffer has done with Spirits, uh, the relationship that you have formed with John Taffer. Can you talk about what was that experience like first to even be on the show, uh, the experience of, of when, when John Taffer was there, and then the relationship that you and John have continued to have post the show? Because I know you've attended many events with him, cocktail hours, uh, award shows, all those types of things with John. You guys have a special relationship even to this day. The, the thing is, I, I learned before I had a friend – my friend worked for E-Network before when I uh, when I uh, owned the other bar. And I, was, I had partners, and they had a, a show on there called uh, Wild On. And so we got he got us on that show called Wild On E. And it was like advertising. They played it over and over and over. Back when we, you remember when they only had like 13 channels. So they played this thing. I mean, they played it four times a week for seven years. And so we never had to buy advertising. And I knew the power of the TV. And I'd met John before because he owns the nightclub and bar convention. And so he did the show and he was in a second year. And, and so it just kind of worked out that we did it and, and we just kind of hit it off as friends. Uh, we both kind of have the same personalities. We, um, he's a little, he's, he's a more, little more, uh, New York style. and I'm a little more hillbilly style, but we, we kind of think a lot. Like, like I called him yesterday. We talked for 30 minutes about stocks and stuff like that, what to buy. Um, and that's just all because I took that leap and chance. And, and I always tell everybody, my grandpa used to tell me when I was a kid, he goes, sometimes you, you, uh, you got to play the jackass to eat the hay. So I got to eat the hay and I've been pretty happy with it. And he's been a true friend to me. 
and anything he can do to help me, he always does. He, he's he's set me up with so much just stuff that I, I appreciate, and I probably could never repay him like I should. Well, when we began the conversation, you were mentioning obviously uh, the pandemic and, and how it's affected everyone and, and how you've had to continue to be fluid. I think that's the, the word of 2020 is to continue to be fluid and see what each day brings. How has that impacted your business in New Orleans? What, what has that been like for, uh, for the industry, especially with tourism being down and, and the challenges that you've seen there? Well, the thing is, you're gonna, life, you're gonna get stuck with some stuff that you can't control. And I just try to worry about the stuff that I can control because if I do worry about the other stuff, it affects the stuff. It fucks the stuff I can. If I worry so I can't control, it affects the stuff I can. So what I do, what I did is, it's like everybody's closed, and I was like, how can I get open? So I went to work, and I figured I'd, I'd call the governor's office, call you know, and get they worked it out for me. I was open for a lot of the times. People have been closed for nine months, and I was open at a, a, a minimal amount, but at least I was in the game still. So I I knew that. During a pandemic, someone's going to make some money. So it might as well be me. And I need to figure out how to do it and not sit there and cry about not being open and make it work and figure out how to get open or figure out how to make some other side hustle. Well, the part I love about your hustle is and how for if we have collegiate members taking this message, same thing goes for recruitment, right? We've had a lot of campuses that have had restrictions and challenges and our groups that have found ways to be creative, found ways to adapt they have found a lot of success. And the groups that have not yet gotten to that place, obviously have not hit some of their, have not hit some of their previous goals, uh, have not seen th themselves reach their potential. So I love that message in there about that hustle, right? And, and finding a way and, and working, right? You didn't just open illegally, right? You worked, right, right. You worked the governor. I think that's a, a great message as well, right? You worked uh, the folks in places and positions of power to, to find an opportunity. Because you're gonna get you're gonna get dealt bad hands sometimes, and so you just gotta make the best of it. I remember after Katrina, we were here and we everybody was shut down, and uh, I got a doctor's robe on, and I, I went through the got through the, the thing and got in there and got open, and uh, I was open within a month, you know. I and I I'll serve another National Guard people because I wasn't gonna sit on my hand and cry about it. I was gonna pull up my bootstraps and I was going to work. And it's for recruiting. I think the key it's a lot of them miss out on recruiting is you get a new guy and he doesn't realize you have to have a target. Like if you have, you have to have a number you're shooting for. If you don't have, you're not shooting for anything, you're not going to hit it. So you got to say, I want 25. And I'm telling you, if you pick your number, you'll hit it because that's where you're going to go and just get a realistic number and work at it and, and make it happen. If you don't have, Oh, it's, it's I got excuses, doom and gloom. I don't want to do it. I can't recruit. No, I mean, the same amount of the kids right now, my kids are freshmen. He's starving for stuff to do. And even with your hands tied with, with, um, with COVID and parties and stuff, there's other stuff you can do to make it, to, to bond and, and make yourself better. Use it for, to make yourself better and to meet new people and new ways. Absolutely. I love that message. Uh, besides being someone that's a hard worker, someone who's dedicated to always find a solution, you've, you've been a giver. You've been someone, as I talked about, not just with, with time and bringing in new members of the organization, you also have financially supported the organization. And I want to start in terms of your thought process on that, because for I think it's easy for many of us to say, you know, I had my college experience at this campus for you, you had your, your college experience at Central Missouri. 
But to make that leap from, I had this experience in Central Missouri, but I want to support the overall fraternity. I want to contribute to the overall fraternity. What has inspired you to operate in that way? What's inspired you to want to support the Teak Foundation uh, and, and ensure that our collegiate members and our alumni members have some of the resources they need for the fraternity to continue to thrive? Well, I always think about it, like when I was a kid, I was growing up, I watched Sesame Street and they had the, the, the four squares and, and you'd sit there and you go, oh, which one doesn't belong? I'm usually that guy that doesn't belong. And there's a reason why I don't belong is because I'm different than them. But at the end of the day, I got that square. So I'm appreciative of that. And I want to give other opportunities for people like me to have that square and to be in the, in, to in the, in the ball game. Um, the, I got, I've got lucky and I've made, I made my own luck a lot of times with some stuff. But I just think it's an obligation to give and to give big um, and to have your projects and have stuff that, that you're passionate about. And the people that give to you, you, you can give to them. You know, you, you give back and to make them better. You can make their kids better. Um, I, I'm trying to I've did all kinds of fun stuff. Like now, right now we're working on uh, working on our second uh, park for disabled kids that we're just it's going to get announced in a, uh, in a couple of weeks. A million dollar park is our second one we did for handicapped kids. We're going to build one here in Kenner. Uh, we did one in my town where I grew up uh, two years ago. So this is our second one. Me and my wife are going to be starting to work on that one. That's great. Uh, and I hope that Arita is doing well down there in New Orleans. Yeah, she's doing good. Good, good, good. Uh, you know, the, the other area you talked about passion projects and one area that you've had uh, passion for is, is the opportunity fund. We talked about William Michael Morgan, who, who put on a concert in May. And this opportunity fund is a chance to give scholarships to our collegiate members who during, during the pandemic are struggling financially and are, are looking for some of that support to continue to, to be engaged as a college student, continue to be able to be a part of, of the active chapter. Can you talk about why you contribute to the opportunity fund, why that is such a passionate project for you and, and how we can help some of our collegiate members out there who might be in, in desperate need? I see the kids now and I, I see how expensive college has, has, has became and I see the value of it. Um, so I give because I know there's kids like me that probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go if it wasn't for that stuff. And I know how much how the fraternity gets expensive and all that stuff costs money and anything I can do to help these kids, the kids that got forgotten or don't have the opportunity, I think that's that's important. And I don't feel, I don't mind giving any of my money for that. And I know where the money's going and I know it's a good cause. and. And I know the reward for the society afterward is going to be big. And December 1 is Giving Tuesday, which is coming up, which we want to highlight. Because I think it's a great opportunity to give to the Opportunity Fund. Are there any messages you have out there for folks who might be considering on December 1 contributing to this Opportunity Fund? Any, any other messages, why you give, why they should consider, uh, and the type of impact that they can make no matter the size of their gift? I know you, you talk about giving big. And I love that. If yep. you have folks who say, you know what, Brad, I, I can't give to your level yet, or I, I can't, I, you know, I can only give $10 or $15. The impact even some of those gifts can make towards, towards the greater good. As long as you give, it comes from the heart and that's all that matters. And you can give with time. You can give with uh, many ways. You can go, when you guys are doing an auction, you, you might have a buddy that can donate some stuff or that. All that little stuff, you don't have to necessarily have money. Money's nice and it's the easiest way, but there's other ways to give too. But if you got it, if it's $5, give it. Give what you can. And it doesn't, doesn't put your family in jeopardy and stuff like that. You will, but whatever you give, I can guarantee you'll get more than that in return. Yeah, that investment is, is an amazing 
thing. Uh, by making that investment in the organization, how you feel, to your point, Brad, what you get out of it, even some of it is just an internal feeling uh, of that gratitude that you're, you're displaying through that gift. Uh, something that I, is a tradition that I like to do when we get guests, especially someone like you who's been so engaged and so involved is to end the podcast, in the episode by giving you the floor, right? You get to talk to the entire fraternity. I know uh, many <laughs> folks dream of that opportunity, right? At a conclave or somewhere else, you <laughs> be able to talk to the world. You know, what, what messages, what thoughts do you have for the fraternity, obviously through the pandemic and where we are, but even where we're going, uh, just for someone who's experienced so much of this organization and been such a great, a great ambassador to the fraternity, what, what would you like to share with the organization? I would just like to say the sky's the limit for these kids. In this day and time, I wish I wish I had that youth behind me now because I I think I could be a billionaire as much as I could you know as much as the opportunity and you could get close to people and and how uh, how you could sell stuff without even owning it. I mean it's just it's amazing. Take advantage of it. Talk to your buddies that are creative. Pick little pieces of, of their great ideas and and make it work. And leave, make a legacy there. University, you have a goal. Is like, guess what? I'm gonna be a student. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna have my name in the T in the T Hall of Fame. I wanna have my name in there. I wanna be a big shot. I wanna have a building named after me one day. When I'm dead and gone, my grandkids are gonna go to that building and know that. And there's a reason why because I gave and I did the right things and I made some big things happen. And those kids nowadays, they can do it and they can do it easily. Well, thank you. And that having that vision, right, having that spirit, that creates the hustle, yeah. right? The, the, the right. thought process, the dream, seeing it possibly happen. That's what creates that hustle and all that hard work and, and finding solutions. Uh, I'm incredibly grateful for everything you've done for me personally, everything you've done for the fraternity, the way that you've conducted yourself, how gracious you are towards anyone who comes to New Orleans. And you've treated our professional staff like family. You've treated Teeks, as you said, from all across the world like family. And I, I want to encourage folks as we get to this Giving Tuesday on December 1st to please consider contributing to the Opportunity Fund. And if, if the Opportunities Fund is not where your interest is, your passion to what Brad said, if it's in special projects and helping your chapter uh, to possibly go attend a, a, an educational event, if it's towards a chapter scholarship, right, wherever that passion is to, to make that investment, it makes it a significant impact on this organization that's done so much for us. Brad, thank you. For, for joining us from New Orleans. Yep. Thank you for always being, again, a great ambassador and a member of our family. Kids, go out there, get your hands dirty and, and dig in and, and enjoy it while you can and learn as much as you can because it'll it'll pay off in the future. And Donnie, I, I appreciate all you guys have did for me and I, I'm going to have to make me a trip up to Indianapolis pretty soon. And you know this, you are always welcome, brother. So, <laughs> thank you everybody for joining us on this episode of the Teak Nation podcast. We hope that you're doing well, that you're healthy and safe. And please, again, consider contributing to the Opportunity Fund on December 1st on Giving Tuesday. Thank you, guys.